Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. If you're just joining us, the Inside Scoop is a podcast dedicated to helping parents learn about the soccer pathways that would be available to their child. So literally, if you live in another country, what would soccer look like for your child? What pathways would be available? What would they be experiencing? And I created this show because while I love our coaching um, podcast where they talk about different coaching theories around the world, they talk about how the academy systems work in terms of coaching, I wanted to create something that would help us parents understand, you know, almost like a tour bus, what youth soccer is like in those other countries. And then the goal is we take this mosaic approach, we, we learn from each other, it's a cultural exchange, and then we come out of it having a global perspective, but also we will better understand youth soccer in our own backyard. So we got to go all the way over the, across the pond to understand youth soccer better at home. And this show is brought to you by Anytime Soccer Training. It's, the, it's an online training application. It has well over 5,000 training videos that cover everything. It's free to join. Click below. You can get the seven-day Ballmaster Challenge for free. It's just a wonderful program. You guys know me by now. You know I put a lot of work into it. So I really appreciate your support. So now let's get on to the show. So I am sitting here with a family friend, um, played football all his life, is still playing by the name of Junior. This is the third round of our interviews. Y'all know I can be a little long-winded, but when I get these guys, I get them, I say, listen, I always tell them 30 minutes. It ends up being three hours, but we ain't gonna, I'm not going to keep you that long, Junior. But I get these guys because they have so much, um, so much knowledge. They don't even realize it that they can share. Junior, I might get you on to the get you to the states, man, because I'm going to do a summer camp next year. Get you over here and share some expertise. No, that'll be that that'll be cool, man. That'll be cool. Come stay with me, man. We're going to do a summer camp <laughs> next year, man. I think you can really share a lot of insight. So, having said all that. Tell us about yourself. Let's talk about the places you have played really quickly because they have they will have seen those other interviews. And then we're going to jump into football in London. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, yeah, like like Neil mentioned, I've, I've played football pretty much my whole life. Um, kind of grew up playing grassroots for my local team called um, Bethwin. Uh, shout out Bethwin FC. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was more of like a community type, type club. And then I played for a sort of semi-professional youth team called Cray Wanderers. Um, yeah, until I was about 18 when I, when I went to uni. Um, and then, yeah, played for a number of other sort of semi-professional and grassroots amateur clubs as well. I'm currently playing at Agenda FC. Okay, so you're currently playing at Agenda FC. We're gonna, we talked about that in an earlier show, but we're going to circle back to that as well. Now we're going to go to school for a little bit because we go, we take for granted a lot of our, our wonky soccer folks that we understand the English pyramid, uh, English pyramid, but I actually have to refresh my memory all the time and look at it. So we're going to go to night school for a second. I am going to share my screen and we're going to talk about the English football pyramid. And the reason I want to talk about that is because that will then help us put into context uh, what your experiences have been because we've done a lot of shows where we talk about football in Europe so now what we want to do is go a little bit deeper into uh to the details um let's work down the list 
So we have the EPL, everybody knows, championship, most people know. League one and league two starts getting a little fuzzy. Then there's a national league. Then I, I don't know. Oh, and then at the national league, the national league is the highest non-football league, non-league. Does a national league play in the FA Cup or does it stop uh, at yeah. league two? No, no, no. National League plays an FA Cup. Um, I think right down to step four, I think you play, you'll play. you play in the FA Cup. Okay, so it's actually a big deal if you make it from step five to step four then. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and I, don't, don't 100% quote me on that, but I think it's down to step four that you play FA Cup, maybe step five. But yeah, no, it is a big deal. Yeah, and, don't, you, and you don't have to up. quote. In other words, there is a peer, there is someone... Some teams on the pyramid that don't qualify for the FA Cup, though. Um, so I'm looking yeah, at step on, the, six. on the pyramid. Yes, step six. Yeah, I think step six is too low for the FA Cup. Yeah, and if so, then it so at some point, whether it's step five or step six, at some point that would make a big deal. Yes, for sure, for sure. Okay, so now and then, once you get that past the national league, that's when it becomes more regional for a lot of reasons. So you got the National League North, South, and then going down. You guys may or may not be able to see my screen. Then step three is the Northern Premier League, Premier Division, Central Division, South Division, these various divisions. And it looks like as they move down the pyramid, the leagues become a little bit more local. And that sounds logical to me. You're not going to be traveling to north of England for a non-league mm -hmm. football game. That sounds mm -hmm. reasonable to me. Then, um, so that's that. And I'm just getting my thoughts together. Okay, so we have that. So the club that you play, because what I want to do is kind of translate this into your experiences in the grassroots system at first. The club that you spent a lot of your time um, in terms of grassroots was the Cray Wanderers, right? Yes, yeah. So to the best of your memory, where does the Cray Wanderers fit on this table? So when I was playing for Cray Wanderers, the first team, so the men's team, was in step three, I believe, because they were in the Ishmian League, the Ishmian Premier Division. So they were in step three. So, yeah, a little way up the uh, the football pyramid. Okay. So they in, and they're still there because I did read that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Yeah, I did read it. They are in there. Now, I'm on their website, and folks looking at this can see the website. Actually, check it out if you're in London. I'm going to post a website on the league. I'm, I'm going to post a website on the Facebook group. And you can see here they're number five right now of the league. I don't know if this how 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 uh, up-to-date it is. It might be over by now, but you see this. So they're in – yeah, that's the league table. All right. Now that I said all that, if you didn't see this and you were just talking to me about the Cray Wanderers, your experience, you played what they consider to be grassroots football. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, it was grassroots, yeah. How many days a week did you guys train? So for Cray Wanderers, we trained twice a week. At what age do you remember you joined and you started training twice a week? I joined, I was 14 years years old when I joined Cray Wanderers. And yeah, we were training twice a week. 
So before Cray Wanderers, when you were like eight or nine or something, where did you play? So I was playing at Bethwin, Bethwin FC. Um, that was the my sort of local team that I'd mentioned before. Oh, okay. So mommy and dad signs you up for Bethwin first. Yeah, that's correct. How yeah. would you describe Bethwin compared to Cray Wanderers then in terms of the football? Um, I would say the football was different, just more in terms of the standard. I think I got quite lucky in the sense that my Bethwin team, my age group, we had some really good players. Um, like a few, quite a few of my friends played for the team. Um, and we, yeah, we had we had a really good team. But I'd say maybe the league wasn't as strong. Um, like we'd win quite a few cups. Um, I think we even won a league. And then when I got to Cray Wanderers, it's like a, almost a completely different ball game, just in terms of like the league is just so much more competitive. And because it was a, a semi-pro youth team, there was like a lot of people that I faced or boys that I faced who were like sort of on the cusp of getting into academies or they had sort of academies looking at them. So it was, it was that kind of standard. Whereas playing for Bethwin, I didn't really come up against so many players who were sort of at that level. Um, so yeah, it was, it was quite different in terms of the standard. Okay, so Bethwin and Cray, if we're trying to understand the blocking and tackling, Bethwin and Cray Wanderers are both on the football pyramid, but Cray Wanderers has a first team where yes. Bethwin does not. Is that fair? That's correct. Yeah, I think Bethwin had a men's team, but it wasn't sort of any semi-pro anything. Just the, yeah, just very grassroots, yeah. And how many days a week do you think you trained with Bethwin? Can you remember? Uh, just once, just once a week. So you train once a week with Bethwin. And then what if you had stayed at Bethwin till you were like 14? Would you train more than once a week, do you think? No, no, I think all age, all age groups at Bethwin just trained once a week. And it's, so it's a community school, a, a community type club. Would Bethwin yeah. ever play the likes of, of Cray Wonders? I'd say it's probably unlikely. Um, when whenever I played for Bethlehem, we didn't really play any any semi-pro teams. Really, um, I, I mean, maybe if somebody had a link to somebody else in a semi-pro team, maybe a friendly could have been arranged. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't very common. Didn't didn't happen when I played. But your league, so your league would have been considered lower than Cray Wonders League in general. Yeah, yeah. So then, if I go back to the, oh, what were you gonna say? Now I was just I was just gonna say yeah so Cray Wanderers we played in what we called the Kent League, um, which had a lot more of those sort of uh, semi-pro type of uh, youth teams. So if I go back to the pyramid though, does the youth do the youth leagues, the grassroots leagues, all the way up to the professional, well the academy youth academies associated with professional teams, do they follow a similar structure or is it, or how does that work? To the to the best that you remember, so uh, it is a similar structure, but it, it's weird at the same time because uh, academies up to like a certain point um, don't have like they don't play in like leagues. Um, well, this was when I was growing up. They'll just play like a lot of friendlies against each other. So like uh, an under 14s team or under thirteens team, they'll just play friendlies against loads of different academies. Um, and then sort of below that, sort of semi-pro teams, I think there is a sort of pyramid, but because there's so many, there's just so many football teams, there isn't a, a pyramid that follows kind of this structure. 
because yeah, there's like everybody plays football uh, in the UK yeah. sort of growing up. So yeah, there isn't like a a pyramid that's like kind of like this. And that makes sense. So it's it's almost like the the governing bodies of the youth football system have their leagues and those those leagues will have some levels but then at those higher academies they they are really going to just be playing each other mainly anyways and they organize themselves around that gaming program so exactly. let me throw a curveball at you really quickly and then we go back to this the junior premier league then how does that fit into this do you know the junior premier league um i think so just to clarify, that's like the uh, where the academy teams play like under 18s and under 21s, right? No, I'm thinking about it like it's a it's grassroots, but a higher grassroots program. Have you seen those? No, no, I don't I don't I don't think I'm I'm familiar with the junior Premier League. No. Hold on. Junior. So they call it a JPL. So I learned about that from another guest. And guys, we're really trying to learn some stuff here. And that's what I'm saying, Junior. You can learn about your own system here. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to understand how the Junior Premier League fit into all of this. But um, what we might do is, because we have folks listening to this, guys, if you're out here listening and you know how the Junior, Pyramid, junior Premier League fits into um, what we're talking about, let us know. Now, it could be a situation where you do have the some of the Premier League teams as well, you know, that's their lower teams, as well as other teams, like how I talk about the MLS. I don't know. I, I don't know how it works. So I'm just speculating. All right, so we're gonna park it like that. Now, you're playing for um, Bethwin at first, so then what yeah. made you decide to go to care to Cray Wanderers? Well, it was it was pretty much um what I was saying about uh, sort of the standard and it was just a step up. So I had a, a few of my friends um that I went to school with who were playing for Cray Wanderers. Um and they were saying, like, yeah, you you should come along, you definitely like get into the team and and play, and it's it's a lot uh, better standard. Um and I had sort of my reservations at first because it was a bit sort of further out um, from where I lived. So it was a lot more like traveling, traveling during the evenings when I'd have school the next day um, and stuff like that. Um, but but yeah, um, I, I went along, um, had like a trial um, because when you sort of play at that, at that level, even as, as, as like a, a youth player, um, like a 14 year old, you still have to like try out and they have to be like, okay, yeah, we, we think you're good enough, sign, sign for our team. Um, so yeah, had, had a trial, manager lied to me and uh, yeah, just, Play, play for them ever since then. All right, so let's unpack a few details. I'm going to try to uh, speed this along. When you were at Bethlehem, Bethlehem, Beth, Bethwin? Bethwin. Bethwin, yeah. When you were at yeah. Bethwin, did people play, and I'm going to use my air quotes, just for fun? Yeah, so they not, yeah, they yeah. Just, is that, was, how, yeah, does, how would you describe the culture? So it's, it's, it's interesting, uh, and this is where I was saying I was lucky uh, in the team that I played for. Like, my team was like, a good team. We had a lot of good players. And because we had, like, a core of, like, good players who took football seriously, like, the culture was very, like, competitive. Um, but at the same time, sort of, the coaches did kind of, like, keep us in check in terms of, you know, 
they wouldn't let us like mouth off our, at our teammates and things like that, even though we were still competitive. So it was a community club, but uh, my specific team that I played in was very, was still very competitive. But as a club overall, it was kind of like, it's the taking part that counts. It would be nice if we won, but it'd be the taking part that counts. So were you coached, when you were at Bethwyn, were you coached by a parent? No, no, he, 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 my coach wasn't a parent. Was it no? Were was he the exception or was that the norm? No, it was it was the norm. Um, so uh, Bethwin, a lot of the coaches were like sort of young black men who were obviously like from in and around the area. Um, who yeah were were coaching. So this is the part. This is the one other thing I want to unpack. So a lot of times in the States, we'll talk about the cost of soccer, right? And everybody say, oh, it costs $3,000 here. It's free here. Well, or cheap here. So the first thing is we know you guys didn't pay that much. So we got that part. But the first point at Bethwin is you're not getting all these contact hours like you would no. be if you were at an academy or whatever. Where in the States, if you play for uh, a club, even if it's a low-level club, they're going to probably train three days a week in a game on the weekend. Right. The next thing that's different is if if it's a situation like you're having, like you were in with Bethwin, it would more than likely be a parent coach. So I'm really trying to unpack that. Was Bethwin unique in that they had, because it was a, sounds like it was a mission-driven organization, did they have volunteer coaches or when you went and played other teams, did they also have volunteer coaches that were not parents? To the best you can remember, I know you were a child. Yeah, um, so from what I remember, um, because yeah, as a child, I just kind of show up, give me a football and I'll play. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't remember there being like a lot of like parents um, coaching. I'm sure there might have been one or two, um, but generally it was like a lot of like young people. I say young, like, early 20s maybe mid 20s um and, and I think that's just because like I don't know because football is like so sort of universally popular in the UK it's like okay I can play and I can coach as well so there's a lot of people sort of a lot of coaches wanting to like get their coaching badges and earn their experience and things like that so yeah I think because of that you just get a lot of uh like young people just coaching local teams and I think they probably do get did get paid for it um a, a, an amount um but it was sort of never enough to like sustain a lifestyle like they'd have other jobs and stuff like that um and even as I'm speaking I just remember my first coach from Bethlehem was also sort of a, a young guy who was like local um so yeah it was it was very very common very common but when you say they get paid like how I mean if you had the ballpark it are we talking about a reasonable stipend like uh a thousand pounds a month two thousand pounds a month or no like uh, gas I mean, money yeah i'm probably like gas money yeah um and I, I'm, I'm completely guessing i'm completely yeah. guessing i never never asked any of my coaches whether they got paid or anything like that but yeah i mean yeah we play, play uh, trained once a week played once a week on a week they might get like 50 pounds or something like that and i'm, I'm completely guessing like i, I don't know yeah, I mean, and I think that's a safe guess because I think it's very unusual in the UK for those types of coaches to get paid anything that would motivate them to do it for any other reason than they love the game and they want to be around kids. Okay, so 
to the best that you can remember in that situation, do you remember anyone getting three days or training from a volunteer coach just similar to that Bethwin situation? Like a grassroots coach, grassroots program offering three days of training in a game. No, no. So then- I didn't hear of that, no. So then if you wanted to get additional training days and you were not part of an academy, what did you do? And you wanted to train with a team, not an individual, what did you have to do? Really, you'd, you'd have to join another team. That's probably the only way uh, you could sort of get more contact hours. Um, so Bethwin, for example, we played on Saturdays. So we were a Saturday team. Um, so yeah, we train, I think on a, like a Wednesday, play on the Saturday. So then if I wanted to sort of get some extra football for a team, I'd have to join a Sunday team. And it, you know, it being the UK, there's loads of Saturday teams, there's loads of Sunday teams. So that would have been possible. Um, but I mean, it's, it's probably not something my parents would have allowed. Um, yeah. You know, trying to balance football with school and stuff like that, playing for two teams is not really that feasible. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, the main thing to do is to join another team, a Sunday team who also trains on another day. That way, I guess you play like maybe four or five times a week. So, and you say it's not feasible, but was if I told you someone was doing that, would you find that completely unusual or normal? Or not normal, but like, like okay, I can see that. Um, I, do you know what? I, I, I could see that. Um, and to be fair, when, so when I left Bethwin to join Cray Wanderers, um, a few of my friends, my friends who had told me to come to play for Cray, they were playing at Bethwin as well. So they were doing for, in that transition period towards the end of the season, they were playing for both Saturdays and Sundays. Um, I just wasn't allowed. My parents were like, no, you got to pick one. Um, but yeah, so it is, it does happen, but generally not too much, but it does happen. So what's the earliest you can sign for an academy? Say Arsenal. I think Arsenal can pick you up from when you're like six, seven, I think. Yeah. All right. That's, yeah. All right, so I just want to throw that out there. Now, if you're at Bethwin and you're tearing it up, you scoring, you scoring so many goals, they put you in keeper just to keep you from scoring. And then you in keeper and you still drew past everybody and score. <laughs> and you're eight years old. What do you think is going to happen in terms of the scouting and in terms of academies and all that kind of stuff? So... It's a weird one because I would say with Bethwin particularly, I'd say the exposure there wasn't too much. So even if you're absolutely ripping it up, the league is just a very like grassroots. So there, there aren't like there weren't like loads of scouts and stuff like that. People coming um, to, to to watch. So it's kind of like yeah, not yeah, not really a lot of exposure. But saying that, there was um, a boy who I played with who like very early got picked up by Tottenham, but I was never sure whether that was a Tottenham scout came to watch him at one of our games or he had like a link elsewhere or knew somebody who, you know, knew he was good. But um, so there, I say that to say there, there is a chance, but at that level that I was at, it wasn't, it wasn't very likely. Say, say if I had played for Cray a little bit younger, I think that that level is more, okay, if you're doing unbelievably, you're more likely to get picked up. Okay, so if you're talking to a parent, then the first thing, and they're, and they're smashing it at Bethwin, then you're telling them to go and try out for a semi-professional team. I mean, yeah. uh, well, a youth team that has a semi-professional. 
Yeah. Because then that brings me to another point. I'm going to share my screen and you kind of you you said this, but I'm going to share my screen for the audience. Because I'm now beginning to understand a little bit better. So Cray is a semi-professional club. Oh, yes. I don't see the flyer. They had a flyer up. I don't know if I they had a flyer, but anyways, I don't know if I'm gonna find it. And they have an academy that will take you. Oh, here it is. That will take you to their first team. Is that fair? Yes. And yeah. their first team is gonna play semi-professional football. Mm -hmm. Is and those semi-professionals, do they they get paid, correct? The men's team. Yeah. Yeah. Do they make That's enough to live off on, or you think they're still gonna work? Um, majority of them will still work. Um, there might be the odd player who makes enough to not work, but it's very unlikely. Um, and it also depends on, on the club as well. Certain clubs have like, um, sort of richer owners and can afford to pay their players more. Um, so yeah, there can be quite a wide disparity between teams in the same league. Um, just like the Premier League, I guess. So that's good. So what you're showing me and I don't know, I'm going to, I'm going to read this into it because I don't know. So the way I, before I spoke to you and learned about Cray, I thought I would use almost like the uh, magical moment situation where you're so good that the network of grassroots club of coaches calls their buddy at Arsenal and say, you got to come check this kid out. And you go from, uh, that grassroots club to a trial in Arsenal, or and I'm using Arsenal as an example. Of course, that happens, but it sounds like there are another. There's another situation where you have all of these clubs that are on the pyramid, and many of them have either professional or semi-professional academies, and they actually have tryouts or yeah. trials. Yeah, And if you can get in there, that could be a stepping stone to get to their academy, which then could be a stepping stone to get to an EPL academy if you're that good. Is that fair? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it, it's probably worth saying as well. I think the semi, and this is how it works when I was growing up, and I think it's still the same. The semi-professional teams, their academies kind of kick in when you turn 16. Like when you're turning 16, so when you're moving from, uh, I guess in the States, you guys would say high school, we say secondary school. When you're going from high school to, um, it would be for us, it would be like sixth form or college. Um, that's kind of the age where if you're at an academy, you will either get offered a, if you're at a professional academy, you could either get offered a scholarship. So like uh, a two-year contract to sort of continue with the professional academy or you'll get cut. Now, if you get cut at that age, um, semi-professional teams know that a lot of players get cut at that age so they kind of set up their own academies so they can sort of snap up either those players or players that have played for the youth teams to yeah come and join their academy and they'll say okay you can uh, attend school and but also train like three four five days a week at our academy so then that's like your transition into moving from high school you kind of get you play for the academy but study they'll sort out you studying as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it's also worth mentioning to our um, listeners, if you're not familiar with the UK educational system, and I'm going to throw this out here because I can't even remember, is that around the time you're doing your quote-unquote A-levels? Yeah, so A-levels is like, yeah, your um, college or sixth form. Um, 
So yeah, I don't. I, ne- I always forget. So after high school in America, um, you guys we would go to college, attend- but our college is like a, depending a traditional is like a four year degree, and it takes a lot oh, of right. your time. Now your A levels though, yeah, we don't have a quite we don't have a good comparison to A levels, but it's almost like our um, first two years of college. But cool. the difference is I, the A-level structure is very con- a lot more conducive to being a footballer mm-hmm. than college would be. Because with your A-levels, you're just taking those specific courses that you need in order to do what you got to do. And then you have the rest of the day to kind of take care of business. And you're not part of that college atmosphere in that way. Is that fair? As opposed to yeah. uni. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's very fair. A- A-levels is basically like you're still at school, like high school. But it's just a bit more, just a, a bit more sort of learning, I guess. So with that being said, see, I always thought that you had to be so good that someone came and quote unquote scouted you at your grassroots club while you're playing. But it sounds like, for example, let's, let's say if your parents had a master plan and are eight or nine, they had you at Bethwin and they said, OK, I think my son has something. I want to try to get him to Arsenal. In their master plan, they could say, we're going to sign him up. for. We're going to put him on a trial at Cray. Is that a fair way of thinking about it? Kind of, because I, I feel like the master plan will always be, let's try and get into a professional academy, because the Cray Academy, it, it only really becomes an option when I'm like 16, because that's, that's when it kicks in, because it's a sort of A-level type thing. I guess the the sort of master plan would be let's try and get him into a professional academy. And if that's not happening, we'll just put him in a, a youth team of a semi-professional team. And then if by that, if by the time he's 16, he still hasn't signed for a professional team, we'll just uh, tell him he can go to Cray Wanderers Academy or any other semi-professional team's academy. The, academy, so, the, the semi-professional academy doesn't really kick in until we, you're like 16, around that age. And, and that was going to be one of my questions because now you, you uh, thanks for that, because I kind of forgot that point. That was going to be one of my questions when I looked at the website. I was thinking, man, Academy at 16, that seems a bit late. So I was trying to understand what is their youth um, system like in order, are they, their youth system is, is grassroots, but are they thinking to themselves, I'm trying to prepare you to play for our first team or is yeah. it still just grassroots? Yeah. So yeah, once you get into the academy, it's really kind of the really trying oh, no, to build no, that. Before path. you get to the academy, so if you're if you're nine years old and you play for Cray, uh, are they thinking we're trying to prepare you to be in the youth on our youth academy and then our first team, or are you just just playing? Not so much. You're 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 really just just playing. Um, I I think at that age, you know, the club isn't really thinking about oh this is going to be a playoff for our first team. Um, they kind of just emphasis on like enjoying and just being a good player and being the best version of yourself. Um, because really and truly, if, if you have somebody at, at Cray, for example, who's that good, chances are they're going to get snapped up by a professional team by the time they're 10, 11, 12 or whatever. So, yeah, there isn't really that focus on playing for the first team. That comes sort of maybe once you get to like 15, 16. So if you're at Cray and you're nine, you're 10 years old or 11 years old, are there different levels of teams that you're clear, that you know, that you're aware of? Like I'm on the A, B, or C team? Um, Not really, not really, not, not that I knew of. Um, 
maybe in certain teams, if there's like um, an age group that has quite like a lot of like players or kids, they might form an A team or a B team. But it wasn't it wasn't that common um, at Cray at Bethwin. We did we had uh, I think we ended up having a C team. Sorry, there was three teams, but that's because it was sort of you come and you play type of thing. It wasn't sort of as higher level. So if you had to guess, how many players in the youth system all in, how many players or teams do you think Cray had then? Uh, oh, testing me. Um, I think Cray went down, right down from under eight to like the first team um, or right up until the under 18s. So what's that? Uh, under eight, you might have like 15 boys. Okay, so, so let me yeah, cut you off here then. But it, would they have would they have multiple under eight teams? That's what I'm saying. Oh, um, un- unlikely actually. I said under eights might have fifteen boys. No, maybe like ten or nine. No, I don't. I don't think there'll be multiple under eight teams. No. So then the next. So I'm basically asking. So let me give you perspective. The largest club in my area has seventeen thousand, if not twenty thousand kids. Wow. Okay. So that give you perspective. So I'm trying to understand. Cray, how big is I mean, are we talking three under eight teams, three under nine teams, or just one team per age group, maybe two? One team per age group, maybe two. Yeah. There there wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't have about however many you said. I think you said 17,000 uh kids. No, it'll be like one or two uh teams per age group. Do you remember even at the younger age groups, if they cut kids, like not cut them, but you had to try out and only a certain amount can make the U18, the U19? Do you remember um, that? I don't, I don't know because I joined Cray when I was 14. So it was like under 14s, under 15s. Um, so I don't know how that works sort of uh, when we're younger. But if you joined, but if you joined it under 14, you, and like you said, you could get cut and not make the team. In other words, they don't, they, if 40, if 40 under 14 kids apply, do you think they would make two two under 14 teams or they don't work that way? They don't work that way, no, actually. Um, they might make two, um, but I think that might be dependent on, uh, dependent on a few factors, like the talent of the kids, whether the club can afford to pay for coaches to come in and coach the kids. But yeah, it, it won't be more than two. Um, so, so yeah, I guess kind of kind of answered the question um yeah kids would get cut or not make a team if there's too many so do you think how much do you think your parents paid a lot for cray to play um, for cray yeah so i can actually tell you so for cray the subs we paid was about 30 pounds a month to to, to play for cray um which was yeah i guess at the time wasn't wasn't too too bad um but maybe in comparison to Bethwin it was a bit more because you know Bethwin being a community team it was like I think we pay like two pound per week or something like that so so then um and you got a coach and you do you believe your coaches at Cray were paid uh probably I'd, I'd say so probably got a little but bit. I mean I'm using now when I say paid I don't mean gas money I'm talking about oh a stipend like paid no nah. I, I, okay. I doubt it. I doubt it because all of them had sort of jobs aside from uh, coaching and uh, the coaching was only, well, ended up being three times a week. So, yeah, I, I don't think it would have been a substantial amount. 
All right. And so when you went to Cray, you actually, you remember at 14, you trained three days a week. Uh, train, train twice a week, played once a week. Trade twice a week and play once a week. Yeah. And then now if you were 14 at the Arsenal Academy and you may or may not remember or know this, how many days a week do you think you would train? Uh, probably oh, like, th uh, probably like three times from what, from what I remember of like, kids my age when I was that age um yeah probably like three times and do you remember any center of excellence programs that was tied to those Premier League cl clubs where you could go train like on a Friday and you're not really part of the club but they offered a training session yeah 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 so um so Millwall um who so they're in the championship right now I think or maybe League One yeah they had like a I think it was called Millwall Kicks um which was kind of like a community program where people could go and sort of play on a Friday. Um, I, ne I never actually went, so I don't fully know the ins and outs. But yeah, Millwall was one. Um, I feel like Crystal Palace might have had one as well. So I was a bit familiar with those because those were like South, those are South London football teams where I grew up. But yeah, I think Millwall and Crystal Palace, they, they sort of had programs like that. Yeah. All right. So last couple of questions, because we're going to wrap it up. I know it's been a long one. We're going to last couple of questions. So what about do you are you familiar with those Crystal Palace um, foundation type programs? In other words, they have tie ups with grassroots clubs and uh, I can't remember what they call. Yeah. Do you are you familiar with that? Kind of, kind of. I, what are they talking is, about? So I, I think what it is, is um, I think they all might have like a, a person or a coach who's sort of associated with like Crystal Palace and let's say Let's let's use Cray Wanderers as an example, even though this wasn't the case. But yeah, they might have a, a person who does some coaching at uh, Crystal Palace or runs some sort of program, but is also associated with Cray Wanderers. Now, with that association with Cray Wanderers, if there's any sort of players who sort of stand out or are really really good and they think can make that step up, that coach can kind of facilitate them having like a trial at Crystal Palace or something like that. That's kind of how, how it works in, in a roundabout way. Um, but yeah, how sort of common that was, I'm, I'm not too sure. I think, it, yeah, it happened in a few clubs, but yeah, I don't know how common it was or sort of how many boys ended up getting picked up by an academy through that way. So if I'm just asking a couple of random questions before we wrap it up. And yeah. this is not going to be a podcast for entertainment purposes per se. This is really just trying to pick your brain. If, if you and I decided to create a youth football club, we said, you know what, we're going to create a youth football club. To the best of your ability, what do, let's say I find, you know, 15 U8 kids, they want to be on my club. What do I have to do? What do we have to do? Um, facilities is a big one. Uh, finding finding somewhere to, to train. Um, is, is a so big let's one. say we um, find a place to train. So now we got the place to train, then what happens? How does that work uh, in terms of the FA? So uh, you need to register the team with the FA. Um, I, I, yeah, you need to register the team with the FA. Um, how exactly you go about doing that, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but yeah, the, the FA kind of oversee everything. So you'd have to be registered with the FA. Um, I think you need stuff like insurance and sort of boring stuff like that um, as well. Um, so, yeah, and, and the reason I'm asking that is I'm asking, like, are there any barriers that you can think of that would prevent you and I 
or you and me from creating a soccer club? Is there anything you can think of like, man, we can't do, and we can't play games. We can't play against these teams because of this weird rule. Like we get the facility, we got the insurance, we have the kids. Is is there anything that would prevent us from registering with the FA and then start playing grassroots football? Not really, not really. Um, Yeah, it it would kind kind of be down to us and the effort that we want to put in. Um, there wouldn't be any sort of barriers from the FA or anything. It would really just be about us. Uh, maybe money would be a consideration because you need that sort of startup capital to invest in like the facilities and invest in, yeah, like coaching and whatnot. Um, but yeah, from the FA, there, there wouldn't really be any barriers. Um, it's just about sorting out all of the all of the admin bits um, and investing in it. All right. So the last one or two questions. If I look at the FA, not FA, the academy team, right, for Cray and similar mm-hmm. clubs, and then I looked at the academy team for Arsenal or um, Crystal Palace, am I going to see a noticeable and stark difference in their quality? Yes. I'm talking about you. Yes. So you'll see a big difference. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there is a big difference in sort of the academies of the semi-professional teams and the professional teams, um, like the, the quality of professional teams is just that bit higher. Um, and that's not to say, you know, there might be certain players in like the Cray Wonders Academy who could make that step up to the Arsenal Academy. But a lot of a lot of the Arsenal Academy players would have been at Arsenal Academy from a young age. So they would have been getting that, that high-level coaching from a young age and are in a better position. And as well, a lot of professional teams get top top talents from other countries so you have that factor as well you you're not just up against like top uk talents there's you know players from france brazil like everywhere whereas in the semi-professional teams the academies are just going to most likely going to be uh british people or boys from the uk and so then i'm going to end with this you and this is it the last question i promise you and you probably won't have a strong view on this but i still gotta ask what if you said you're you're nine years old and your parents see that nine-year-olds at Arsenal, and we kind of answered this, but I want to hammer it home, are getting whatever they perceive to be the best football education possible. They're getting the best training environment, best facilities, they're getting good coaches, and you say, I want, and they, sorry, not you, they say, I want that for my nine-year-old and I'm a millionaire, and I don't care about the money. I want a team like that that's playing like that. But he's not good enough yet to make an academy. What options do they have available for them? So, sorry, just to clarify your question. So if 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 there's somebody who sort of wants their, their child to be play at the academy level, but they're not quite ready, what are their options? Yeah, so they want them to get everything that the academy level kids are doing, getting but they're not good enough yet. So they want the team, they want the good coaching. What are their options? And they, and money is no object. They can pay as much as they can. Um, I mean, aside from sort of hiring sort of an individual coach to sort of get that one-on-one contact time and improve their child, just find find a club at uh, a level that the child is good enough to, to play at um, and just develop them that way. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's the main thing. 
just drain drain a club. But that's but suitable. but in this case, and I want to hammer this home. But but what about the contact hour? So a nine year old at Arsenal is going to train. You think they'll train three days a week? Yeah, about three days a week. So I want my child to train with a team three days a week. Is there a way of paying for that in the UK? Uh, yes. So yeah, you. I mean, you can get your child to play for two teams. Um, that that is an option that will increase your contact hours because, you know, one team could play on a Saturday and one team could play on a Sunday. And then I'm going to, I'm going to, and I'm going to, and I'm going to uh, pick on this, but it's for our continuing shows that we do. I want one team. So I want Arsenal. I want to get Arsenal, but I want to pay for it. Oh, so is there a way to pay into the academy basically? No, no, not a way to pay into the academy, but I want everything exactly like the academy. But my child is not good enough to be in the academy, so I'm going. But I'm willing to pay for that experience. Mm. So I want three days of training with the same club. I want a top coach who has the uh, qualifications, you know, the licenses. I want I want the academy experience, but I but my child is not scouted for an academy. Can I do that? Is there a way to pay for that? Not that I can think of, actually. Unless you start your own type of well you couldn't even start your own academy you could start your own club but not not like an academy no and so the reason i'm hammering that last point home and we're going to talk about it on the facebook group and we're going to continue this education uh, conversation not education but conversation is because in the states there's a massive marketplace that's driven a lot by parent demand and culture to satisfy that desire. Mm. My child is not, we don't even have a scouting apparatus in this exact same way, but, but put that aside. I live next to Charlotte FC Academy. My child is not in Charlotte FC Academy. I want my child to get the same, I don't know if they think about it exactly like this, but this is how it works out. I want mm. my child to get the same contact hours, similar facility qualified licensed coaches those coaches are going to get paid i want everything to be the same in the hope that they will one day make it into a charlotte but i feel like and don't let me put words in your mouth and i actually think this is changing because i interview a lot of people i talk to a lot of people junior in the uk when i was coming up especially in the uk i don't think parents thought about football like that i don't think they i think they kind of you just play your football right and then if you're yeah. good, <laughs> they'll find you. What do you think? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. You just, yeah, parents aren't really, in my experience, they're never really big on like, a, yeah, like, let's get my son into academy. It's like, okay, you play football, and if it happens, it happens. I, that might be a sort of a bit, I see it because that's how it was around me. Um, but, yeah, I, it, and it might be different if you're, you know, in the academy from the age of nine, you just happen to get scouted, then there might be a bit, a bit more of a focus of, oh, okay, he's in the academy, like, let's kind of try and continue this journey and get it as far as possible. But yeah, really, it, it's like sort of a more organic thing, I guess, in the UK. Yeah, so guys, this has been Neil Crawford with the Inside Scoop. I sat down with Junior, we had an exhaustive conversation. Junior, stay, thanks for staying up late having this conversation. We'll have you back on um, in future shows after we get comments to clarify 
this show wasn't as sort of scripted as I normally try to do because the information is just so much everywhere. And as I think about, as you think about it, you talk to people, let me know if it's someone else that would be interested in sharing information. We're going to be on email and stuff. We can answer questions. I'll invite you to the Facebook group to answer questions because it's almost like trying to understand another country school system. You're just not going to understand it all in an hour. It ain't going to happen. And you're not going to be the uh, authority on every single nook and cranny of UK football. So I appreciate you. I know you got a headache now. You're probably like, man, I need a drink out of this. I feel like I just took, I just feel like I just took an exam. So I, I, I know you're probably like, whoo. I appreciate it. It's actually exhausting to think about things at this level. Um, but I really do appreciate it. And I really think our parents and our coaches and whoever's listening will benefit from it. I know I did. So guys, Junior here, Neil Crawford, Anytime Soccer Training. Let's get better together. <laughs>